This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Josh, you're too young to remember Peter Puck. Do you remember Peter Puck? Oh, man. Was Peter Puck, uh, it was on the TV, it had like Uh a lightning bolt at the end of it to track the puck. Was that it? No. Oh, you know something? I hadn't even thought of that. No, that was the old Fox trail that they used to put on the puck back in the 90s. No, Peter Puck was in the 70s, a cartoon character designed to get Americans introduced to hockey, especially in the Sun Belt. And what was really cool was he was very popular. What was really bad was he was very popular because NBC used him to promote hockey and teach it between periods. But what wound up happening is most people only tuned in to watch Peter Puck. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Hey, Ron, I already dated myself uh, getting the wrong Peter Puck reference. So, yeah, my my hockey knowledge is around 90s and beyond. But, uh, hey, it's good and bad. We really want to talk about today with hockey the fact that it is a different kind of sport and it, it isn't is. as popular. So as a result, we need to, you know, kind of tailor the way that we, we have, we can't uh, cap these games. You got to, let's do that. That's the lesson plan today on the everything guide. With Josh Applebaum there, Ron Flatter here, you're where you are. We're going to have a guest today on the Everything Guide, but before we bring in Ian Cameron, who is a professional hockey bet- uh, better and a VSIN expert, often seen and heard on VSIN, let's bring in the history of hockey. And Look, the game goes back over 100 years, but in terms of the National Hockey League, it's a little bit more recent than that, Josh. <laughs> that is true and yeah exciting podcast today we're going to talk to ian great capper here to give us some tips and strategies overall but yeah the nhl just so people know it is considered one of the major sports overall however we'll talk in a little bit the fact that it doesn't get as many bets as the other major sports so that's a big reason why a lot of uh we have to take different approaches when betting hockey but the nhl obviously the national hockey league uh that is your big professional league uh best players in the world obviously but it was founded in 1917 
there are 31 teams, the 32nd team, uh, the Seattle uh, inaugural franchise set to begin uh, their inaugural season 2021-2022. And obviously with hockey, it's a little different. You know, we're looking at three 20-minute periods. We're really looking at, uh, you know, if a game goes to overtime, you have a five-minute three-on-three, which is really, really exciting. You go to a shootout in the regular season if you can't uh, have someone score in overtime. Obviously, in the playoffs, that's going to change, and we will talk some playoff systems later. But really, it's your major bet types. You're looking at the money line. Uh, you're looking at the puck line, totals, money lines, just who's going to win the game straight up. Puck line, you're looking at uh, basically the spread. It's less common, but it's the favorite, minus one and a half goals, dog plus one and a half goals. And then looking at totals, the over-under, you know, will it go typically hockey totals around, you know, between five and six and a half? Will it go over or under? And Ron, I'm sure Ian will talk to us too. Uh, it's always uh, it's always rough when you have an under and a game goes to a overtime or a shootout. Or Josh, the finer points. Let's dig into those now. Since you've outlined the gen uh, the general points of betting on hockey, we get into the specifics then with Ian Cameron, the aforementioned expert on hockey who comes to us from north of the border and often on VSIN, wherever you may be. Ian, this is a unique sport that we're talking about here with hockey. And one of the things we talked about early on is the fact, of course, there are three periods, not two halves, not four quarters. And, of course, you have the garden variety betting with the money line, you have the puck line, you have the total. Just as an outline here, if you were introducing somebody to hockey betting, What's one of the first things you would say sets it apart from the other major sports? Yeah, it's definitely more of a baseball, I guess you could say, mindset and approach, uh, considering you've got more money line focused rather than uh, obviously point spread. Although, uh, just like in baseball, there's the run line, minus one and a half, plus one and a half. You've got that in hockey as well. Uh, But for the most part, hockey is money line and totals. That's mostly where my focus goes. Sometimes team totals I'll get involved with. I think in terms of just general strategies, and it's a pretty common knowledge type of uh, situation that I think people have picked up over the years when it comes to the NHL, it's that home ice is often overvalued uh, in the betting marketplace. You're going to find so many instances uh, of teams that really play well on the road and are often going to get better prices on the money line with those teams. I mean, just in terms of the uh, recent season, 20 teams in the NHL you know, had a record of 500 or better on the road. You know, if you were to ride those teams in terms of finding those teams that play well on the road and bet them uh, on the road game in and game out, you could all of a sudden turn that into a pretty good profit because obviously the home teams are often, you know, the line and the price is often padded towards them, especially the teams that are really good when they're playing at home. So one of the things I really do look for is finding teams that can play well on the road and often you could really produce profit with those teams. Well, Ian, this is Josh, and uh, it's so great to have you on today. We really want to talk to a pro NHL capper like yourself and great VEASAN contributor, especially Points Red Weekly. But, um, Ian, I want to talk to you, and I think you hit the nail on the head because, you know, I'm a contrarian better by nature, and I like to bet against the public. I like to take advantage of public bias, place myself on the side of the house, get inflated better numbers, and kind of play that long game. And what's interesting to me about hockey is the fact that, in a way, it's a terrible sport to go contrarian because when you compare it to all the other major sports – you know, the ticket counts are much lower. You don't really have public bettors per se tuning into bet hockey. And as a result, lower ticket counts, less public to bet against. So that kind of hurts you overall. So you can kind of throw away betting percentages and not rely on that as much. Uh, But on the flip side, 
you know, being contrarian does kind of go with betting a lot of road teams because the public usually overvalues those home teams. So, um, you know, I looked at something, Ian, if you saw this too, but uh, road favorites historically, you know, you've seen road favorites, according to Bet Lab Sports, they're on 57.1% since 2005. Um, so that's kind of another thing too, where you're contrarian, you're leaning on a lot of dogs. But I guess this is a long, long-winded way of saying to you, you know, Ian, if you are talking to a brand new better who wants to bet hockey. And even though hockey is kind of a lower bet sport, it is getting more popular every year. Where do you start? What are some basic things you look for uh, when you are breaking down a matchup between two teams? Yeah, and certainly, obviously, the uh, emergence of the Vegas Golden Knights has helped hockey popularity from a betting standpoint locally, uh, no question. General things that I'm looking for in breaking down individual games, and this is really where the, the crux of it comes in. Uh, for me, I'm a totals better uh, in terms of, and especially with overs. And what I look for with overs, it's not that I don't bet unders, but we have seen, you know, in the NHL, like in so many other sports, basketball, football, rules tailored to generate more offense, more goals. Uh, that's been pretty much the mindset of these leagues. Let's tweak the rules. Let's tweak the way uh, p- penalties or fouls are called to make sure the offenses maybe have a better chance to put uh, to, to score and put up points, or in this case, goals. So when I look at overs, particularly in the NHL, you know, I'm looking for teams that have forward depth. They can get goal-scoring contributions from all four lines because oftentimes you're going to see good defensive teams with a solid, especially top four on the blue line, and good checking forwards in their bottom six You know, that play that shutdown role. Uh, they can take away the top line or even the top six forwards, top two lines for these teams. But if you can get goal production from your third and fourth line, it's the teams that can bring you that kind of depth that are very dangerous offensively. Obviously, power play uh, and special team success plays a part in what I look for. Teams that uh, can capitalize with the man advantage is another positive mindset for overs. And one of my favorite things to target in terms of betting uh, NHL games over the total, cluster injuries on defense. That has been a really, really strong uh, strategy to go with in the NHL, where you find these teams that have two, three, sometimes even four starting defensemen out of the lineup due to injury. And they're just decimated back there. They're putting uh, pairings together with uh, players that aren't uh, comfortable uh, playing with each other. That, you know, that cohesion, that chemistry that is not there. What does it mean? It results in communication breakdowns, which result in turnovers, giveaways, problems with the puck, problems uh, organizing coverages in front of the net. And oftentimes you're going to see teams struggle to keep the puck out of their own net when they have those cluster injuries on defense. And also, you know, some of their penalty-killing forwards on those third and fourth lines. I mean, the perfect example is the Winnipeg Jets. They had Adam Lowry, Matthew Perot, two of their bottom six forwards out. They're not their best offensive players, but, man, do they make a difference on the penalty kill and defensively in terms of that defensive conscience and presence from the forward group. And they weren't as good a defensive team without those guys. So, you know, key... Defensive-minded forwards up front, particularly players that play on the penalty kill, and especially teams that are battling multiple injuries on the blue line with defensemen, boy, they become really good over the total candidates game to game. Yeah, I think it's a great breakdown there, Ian. You know, kind of just remembering that we're trying to uh, let in new betters who may not bet hockey, you know, a basic money line, for example. I'm from I'm from Boston. I'm a Bruins fan. Let's say the Bruins are minus 130 against the Canadians, plus 110 dog. What does that mean? You have to lay... 130 bucks in order to win 100 on the Bruins as a favorite. 
Canadians, you can bet 100 and win 110 if the Canadians are able to upset. So that's your basic money line overall. But I wanted to mention, too, Ian, you brought up a great point. You know, uh, again, talking about how as a contrarian better, there isn't much public to bet against. I think with hockey, a big key is looking at line movement. To me, line movement in, in hockey uh, is very, very meaningful because you really don't have average Joes betting this sport. It's a lot of, you know, pros like yourself, Ian, diehards, people who know hockey love hockey and bet hockey so to a certain extent i think maybe the average hockey better uh, is really dialed into the sport overall whereas other sports you know the nfl you know pretty much everyone bets nfl but uh to me too looking at totals i think one important thing is obviously i know you're a big proponent ian shopping for the best line you know as a money line sport in a total sport having ac- access to multiple sports books looking around placing your bet at the book that gives you the best number is really really key and especially with totals because um, it's funny, Ian, I'm not a huge totals guy. I always seem to get burned on an empty net goal or, you know, I focus a lot more on money lines, but I think with totals finding some success, looking at juice movement with totals. So if a total is, you know, let's say six and a half and you see it open up even minus 110 both sides and you really start to see that uh, that under get juiced up minus 115, minus 120. Uh, to me, when you can see market liability all on one side that's an indication of sharps really getting down hard but um i wanted to ask you ian we got to mention the goalie you know when you're betting the nfl or football in general the quarterback is the most important player on the field affects the game in so many ways has the biggest impact on the outcome of the game major league baseball we're talking about starting pitchers can you talk to goalies how do you assess goalies um how do you you know kind of deal with backup goalies are there certain stats you look at how big does the goalie factor in when you're placing a bet? Yeah, the first thing in terms of goalies is you can't paint every team with the same brush. You know, every situation's different uh, in terms of who has the goaltending depth in the organization and who doesn't. It really is that simple. Obviously, we know NHL teams carry two goalies uh, at all times, the starting goalie, the backup goalie. There's going to be certain teams where the backup goalie steps in and he's able to play at a very, very solid level. I mean, you look at the Washington Capitals as an example. You know, Braden Holpe was their number one goalie, has been their number one goalie for years, won a Stanley Cup, obviously, a couple of years ago. But he didn't have a great season this year for the Washington Capitals. He was struggling a little bit. So in steps their backup goalie, Ilya Samsonov, and he's actually had the better season, you know, than Braden Holpe. Uh, and as a result, you've got a team there with two goalies where both of them can step in you know, at a moment's notice, notice and play well. Whereas on the Toronto Maple Leafs, for example, they've had an issue with their backup goaltending situation for years. I mean, Frederick Anderson's been their bona fide number one goalie. Uh, he's been terrific. He's been very, very steady uh, and very consistent throughout his career with the Leafs. And, and that's despite the fact the team's been defensively challenged for years. But they have had consistent question marks at the backup goaltending position. You know, Garrett Sparks years ago, they thought he was the answer. Not the case. Michael Hutchinson, they used him. Uh, That didn't go very well. Uh, They finally settled on Jack Campbell, who might finally give them a little bit of uh, better play from the backup position. And in this new era of NHL, guys, you got to have some good play from your backup goaltender. You can't ask your starting goalie to play 60, 70 starts a year. You've got to give your starting goalie a rest. It's becoming more and more apparent that, that that's the way to go to preserve you know, the, the, the ability to perform at a high level come playoff time. So if you're not getting consistent play from your backup goaltender, you're not as good of a hockey team, and it's going to show, and it absolutely matters when it comes to handicapping it. 
And just to touch on that too, Ian, you know, obviously you have your old time goalie stats, goals against average. You want to be around two, 2.2, you know, anything 2.5 or less, obviously your save percentage. Do you really, you know, when you're trying to rate a goalie or bet on a goalie, are there stats you look for? Are, you know, are there new age stats that you look at? I know this, you know, kind of the sabermetrics of baseball is kind of shifting into other sports overall, but just stats that you look at um, when you're trying to assess how good a goalie is or recent play or maybe a tr- long track record. The long-term track record is is very uh, good, but current form, and this not, doesn't just go for goaltending; it goes for everything, and just as the general team performance, you know, and that's where I really think people can make uh, their profits, and, and not only the NHL but any sport, because if you're just betting solely off the overall season numbers uh, and what a team's done from the start to finish of a year, you know that that's going to get you into some trouble. You know, because you're going to see teams that maybe started out the season poorly, goalies that started out the season poorly. Uh, and then what if the last five or six games, five or six starts, the team's playing well, that goalie's playing well. Uh, and as a result, the uh, overall numbers kind of lie to you because they're not playing that way right now. They're playing better. They're outperforming the way their overall record currently shows. So that's to me what I really look for and pinpoint is the current form is either better or worse than the overall record uh, currently indicates with teams and with goaltenders. In terms of stats I use for goalies, yeah, obviously you have to start with goals against average and save percentage. Those are two very common statistics used uh, in terms of measuring uh, an NHL goalie's perspective. I know there's an advanced uh, goaltending metric as well in terms of high danger scoring chances, just in terms of an overall team's defense something I use more and more often. Who's Who are giving up those chances in terms of right in front of the net, slot area, allowing too many rebounds, too many second, third chances at loose pucks in front of the net, the high danger scoring chances metric that a lot of uh, now the uh, advanced uh, metrics that, that we've seen in hockey, like Corsi's another one, puck possession, but definitely high danger scoring chances is one. And I'm not really a historically a math guy or an analytics guy or a metrics guy big time. I'll incorporate it certain ones but that is one that i found very handy high danger scoring chances because it is a really good indicator of just what kind of defensive team this is are they giving up those grade a quality chances are they doing it too often and even if it doesn't sometimes show in the number of goals they've allowed eventually if you're giving up those high danger scoring chances the goalie's not going to be able to bail you out every single night so uh, eventually there's going to be a come a time when those teams pay the price for just that slack defensive play Again, we're uh, lucky enough to be joined by Ian Cameron, uh, pro hockey better and decent contributor. And Ian, you know, we've talked about the money line. Obviously, in hockey, vast majority of your bets, most popular bets, you know, in general, will be on the money line. Who's going to win the game? I think it's important, too. You made a good point comparing it to Major League Baseball. Why is the money line in baseball and hockey the most, you know, common sport? Because usually you have a lot of one-run, one-goal games. So, therefore, betting on who's going to win versus who's going to cover uh, is a much more um, kind of sound bet overall. But I want to get into the puck line a little bit, Ian. You know, the puck line, uh, kind of abbreviated PL, but you hear a puck line a lot. What is that? It's just the spread. All you're doing is looking at betting a favorite minus one and a half, a dog plus one and a half. So if you bet the favorite, they got to win by two goals or more. The dog can either win the game or lose by just one goal. It's kind of like baseball with the run line, similar sort of thing. But obviously the prices are going to change when you're betting the puck line. So uh, I know a lot of bettors who will look for, you know, big favorites who are minus, you know, 300 and then bet them on the puck line, get a better number uh, and and basically hope they hope they win by two instead of uh, just one here. But um, what's your approach with puck line betting, Ian? Do you 
lean on a lot of, you know, taking the favorite minus one and a half, getting a better number, sometimes getting the dog plus one and a half. It sounds great, but you have to lay a big number, usually a big minus, you know, 150, minus 200, minus whatever. Um, so your approach with puck line betting and how do you identify a scenario where maybe eh, the money line uh, I'm not so sold on, but I like this puck line value. What makes a puck line value uh, bet valuable to you? Uh, yeah, in terms of puck line, I'm almost exclusively will lay the goal and a half uh, on the puck line as opposed to take the goal and a half uh, because of, as you mentioned, you know, plus one and a half goals. Uh, you've got to lay a hefty price with that. But there are many situations where I'll look to lay the goal and a half. Uh, one of them for sure is definitely a team playing well, uh, you know, a top tier team against a bottom feeder. You don't want to lay minus 190 or minus 200 even in some cases. You play the minus one and a half goals, get a better price. You just get the superior team against the uh, uh, inferior team. Sometimes one of the worst teams in hockey, you'll be able to get uh, a good price on that. In terms of individual situations to lay the goal and a half, obviously fading a team that's not only playing poorly but maybe decimated by injuries. You know That's definitely one of the things that I target in terms of bet on, bet against from a minus to in terms of laying the goal and a half as opposed to the money line. And another one is motivation and certain, you know, intangible uh, incidents that could occur during the course of the season. What if you've got turmoil in a dressing room or a team that's, you know, fading out of the playoff race, they're hearing it from the media on a daily basis. It's really impacting that entire dressing room uh, negatively uh, in terms of their mindset and their mentality uh, every day as they go to practice, take the ice for a game. And I find there's, really examples of teams that have those just they just fall off a cliff at some point you know late in the season as they're falling out of the playoff race they're losing game after game after game and they're hearing all these this negative press and negative headlines and it just seems that in the nhl i've seen teams take you know weeks you know maybe even a dozen or more games to get out of these funks before they finally do and and oftentimes when they're losing these games they're losing by margin uh, so you can go ahead and lay the goal and a half uh, on the puck line against those teams that just seem to be in freefall mode. And it seems like each season, especially the last few, there have been examples of teams like that. Buffalo Sabres, you know, just this past season, a perfect example. They couldn't get out of their own way for the longest time. And if you were laying a goal and a half against them, game in and game out when they were in their freefall, you didn't do that badly for yourself. So uh, those are just some of the instances where puck line is absolutely in my wheelhouse when it comes to the NHL. Yeah, I think it's a great point, Ian. And kind of just to wrap it up, hitting on all the you know basic bet types here, obviously money line, puck line, the total you mentioned with totals. You know, obviously the way the NHL is kind of changing the rules, you don't have as many what you call it goons back in the day, and it's not as a hard hitting game, and you have a lot more ticky tack you know calls that get put a guy in the penalty box, power play opportunities. So kind of the game is more tailored, kind of like in, in, in the NFL with football tailored with rule changes toward the offense overall so in that vein you know um you know one thing at Vison we hear a lot uh you know Paulie and Mitch in the morning they they love the first period over over under one and a half taking the over do you ever look for situations where you know early on maybe you see a first period because there's so many different opportunities to bet on an NHL game you ever look at the over under uh one and a half first period and then also um, how important and how much stock do you put into, you know, special teams, power play percentage, uh, you know, obviously penalty kill, um, just kind of wrapping up the whole over-under conversation. Yeah, definitely. And I, I alluded to this earlier, but power play and penalty kill has to be a part of the puzzle. It can't be the whole entire pu- uh, equation, but it has to be at least a piece of the handicap in terms of whether you go over-under uh, the first period or full game. 
uh, in terms of an NHL hockey game. You've got to, you do have to pay attention, be at least aware, you know, of how good a team is on the power play and how good they are uh, on the penalty kill. You know what? Two years ago, it was great to be betting these first period overs. Even last season, there was a lot of value still, but uh, you're seeing the adjustment, no question, uh, to these first period totals. You're seeing now, if you like over one and a half, you're not getting the even money and you're not getting the plus price you were a year or two ago. Now you're having to lay minus 150 in some cases, even minus 200. And, you know, there's been some games uh, this past season, you know, you'd even see two uh, for the uh, first period total. Uh, in some of these games. So they're really realizing that a lot of these teams had these just, you know, unbelievable streaks to the first period over, in particular, Chicago Blackhawks, of course, come to mind uh, as a team that was just on an insane run uh, to the first period over. Me personally, though, Josh, I really stick to the full game uh, totals more than the uh, first periods, especially now that the value, and especially with first period overs, has been, you know, the value's really been uh, sucked out of it the last, uh, you know, year year and a half as the adjustments been made uh, the first period over uh, becoming such a popular and uh, much talked about type of bet so I stick to full game totals more than the first periods but I will in, on occasion look at a first period uh, total what would pr- prompt me to look at a first period total is probably a team that maybe isn't happy with you know the way they're moving the puck Maybe not the way they're generating offense. They're maybe having a tough time scoring lately, but you hear quotes from maybe the coach uh, or one of the players saying, we've got to get off to a fast start. We've, we've made some adjustments with our power play. If you get that combination, you could look for a team that maybe can jump out on the scoreboard early, making that first period over a good look. But for the most part, when it comes to NHL totals, I'll look full game as opposed to the first period. Great stuff, as always, Ian. So uh, we're going to let you go shortly. I just want to tell everyone, if you want to find more uh, information and great hockey stats and and everything from Ian, you can find him on Twitter at Bobano. I hope I'm saying that right, Ian. B-O-B-A-N-O. Then just before I let you go, Ian, uh, any last short things, recommendations, people looking to bet hockey, just a quick rule of thumb or just basic tips you want to stress to to new hockey bettors? Yeah, really, it's pace yourself. Uh, don't 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 go on tilt after a bad night you know it's a long season it's an 82 game season the nhl just like nba uh you've got to do like you would in any other sport you know pick your spots you know try to keep your bank roll management you know principles intact make sure you're betting similar amounts you know with most of your wagers like for me it's one it's half unit one unit and two units that's it no 10 units no 100 units this is about preserving a bankroll long-term, building a bankroll long-term, uh, and that's the way you've got to go about it. And, you know, just before we wrap up, just keep in mind some of the strategies I've mentioned because they've worked for me uh, and they might be able to work uh, for you as well. But don't also be scared to look at your own, you know, method- methodology and ways to maybe bet a sport like the NHL. It's, it's what, what's worked for me doesn't necessarily mean what if you do something different it's not going to work for you, but uh, I'm glad to be able to share the strategies. And uh, NHL hockey is a, I think, one of the most exciting sports. I think it's the best playoffs uh, in all of sports with the Stanley Cup playoffs. You get me an overtime playoff game in the NHL. I don't think there's anything better than that. Uh, so again, NHL hockey, it's been something I've been betting for 10 years, uh, and I'm looking forward to hopefully continuing to bet it year in and year out for a long time to come. 
Good thing about podcasts is I can hit rewind because I think I broke my pen trying to scribble everything down that you two were suggesting. So I'll do that. And I'll turn you loose, Ian. Uh, turn you loose to go ahead and cash some more tickets on the NHL. Ian Cameron, thanks for joining us here on the Everything Guide. All right, Ron and Josh, thanks a lot for having me. Take care. On the other side, Josh and I will break down a few things that Ian did not, including some ideas on scheduling when we return on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting vSIN podcast. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. stereo. 
With Josh Applebaum, Ron Flatter on the Everything Guide, talking NHL. Some of the things we did not cover with Ian include scheduling, Josh, particularly something that you have identified in terms of a strategy, road teams and especially road favorites. Yeah, so a couple of strategies we, we got to mention here and give our listeners kind of a blueprint moving forward. You know, uh, again, it's weird for me to talk about how well favorites do in hockey because I'm a dog better. I am a contrarian better. And dogs almost always have great value across all sports because they're basically undervalued and just, you know, brushed aside by the betting public. But like we said all throughout this episode, hockey is a different type of sport. Uh, and as a result, without, you know, with so much. Uh, so many fewer recreational betters betting. Uh, favorites do well, a higher clip than most other sports, but it's really these road favorites because you can get better prices. Obviously, home uh, you know home favorites are going to be, uh, typically you're going to have to lay a, a bigger number to bet them, but road favorites in general, about 57.1% since 2005, um, and they've actually been blindly profitable betting each one. doesn't mean you want to bet each one, but it kind of gives you an idea that you can kind of you know keep that lean on roads situation uh, opportunity, but also incorporate favorites. And I think one thing that I always come back to is in hockey, it's a, the way the rink is set up. It's not as big as a home ice advantage because you have the boards and you have, you know, like eight, 10 feet of glass that surrounds the rink. Mm. And really the fans can't have as big of an impact or you're kind of in your own like little Petri dish where you're kind of separated from everyone else. So I think just the external factors are lessened when you're betting hockey yeah. overall. But um, the other thing, Ron, uh, road favorites late in season, you get, you know, kind of, I consider this kind of like a tanking system, game 60 and beyond. <laughs> right. Uh, teams who made the playoffs last year who, who you know, are hungry and want to get back to the cup uh, versus teams who didn't uh, are more likely to fade down the stretch. That's another one that I lean on. And then non-division road favorites. If you add another layer, you're almost close to 60% because of that uh, lack of familiarity kind of benefits the favorite, uh, especially if you're on the road as well. Uh, and then, Ron, I know you know how scheduling can be such an important well, yeah, factor that's, in the that's NHL. That's exactly it. I was going to bring that up because I play this when I'm betting hockey. I pound this, and there's a couple of angles I play. One's the obvious one. We'll pursue that first, and that's back-to-backs, who's had rest, and who's coming in with having to deal with basically the grind of the schedule. Yeah, so I think what's really important with, you know, you think of like NBA back-to-backs, uh, that was hugely profitable, just fade the team on the second leg, but then you're, you're, you have a point spread and then it becomes overvalued and that's kind of come back to earth. But with hockey, it's pretty tried and true year in after year out. And I think what's important about this is hockey is a very, very grueling sport. It's checking, it's high-paced, it's very physical. You have to be an absolute warrior to play hockey. And when you're on the second leg of a back-to-back, that can really, really hurt you because you just went through a grueling 60 minutes or more the previous night. The big advantage to me is I always look at scheduling spots, you know, everything Ian talked about, but is one team on a back-to-back versus a team who is rested? Rest versus tired is an edge that I yeah. really, really lean on. And to me, it, with hockey, it's the sport that you see it uh, be most profitable overall. So it's like, you know, hockey is so difficult. If you have a couple days off to rest your legs, rehab, you know, just kind of chill for a little bit, get your legs back. That is a huge advantage overall. So another thing is like motivation. A team on the second leg of a back-to-back who won last night versus a team who's rested and is coming off a loss. They had the stew on that loss. I love grabbing that rested team off a loss that incorporates both rest and motivation. So I, I think long story short, Ron, you know, always consider it like a bye week in the NFL. Uh, if a team is rested versus a team who is tired, Big advantage to that rested team, especially if you can incorporate some motivation, some bounce back, you know, kind of uh, mentality. 
Something Brent Musburger taught me some years ago on betting hockey is betting against a streak, and you're saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) Hands off that, but here's his strategy, and I can't tell you how many times either he's burned me on a personal bet on this angle or I've taken advantage of his advice. Team comes in off a very successful road trip and is back home for the first time. Brent's strategy is to bet against that home team coming back. They come back home. They got to open the mail and pay the bills and do the honeydews with the wife and the, the loved one, <laughs> or both. And, and in doing so, they're distracted. You got to deal with tickets all of a sudden again. You get a little bit lax sleeping in your own bed finally, and that home team coming back off a 5-1 and one road trip gets knocked around a little bit. What do you think of that? I love that angle, and uh, you, you and Brent hit the nail on the head with that one. I always think about... My Bruins, you know, uh, coming off a long West Coast road trip, first game back at the Garden, a team they should easily beat, they lose. It, you know, it's like death taxes and, you know, bet against that home team off a good, <laughs> successful uh, road trip. So I love that angle, Ron. And this is kind of overall just with betting. These are the things you got to look at. You know, I'm a data-driven better. I lean a ton on you know, uh, line movement and market data and market factors and where's the sharp money and everything like that. But these are the little things you have to add to your game if you want to be successful. So Mm. that's really, really important. I think another thing Ian mentioned is the Stanley Cup playoffs. It is just the most intense. It's incredible. I think everyone's like, you know, it's it's the best overall. And I believe that is the case. But you do have a lot of a lot of guys and girls, Ron, who will jump in and, and bet the playoffs. And I think one thing to lean on in the playoffs, you get series play prices, so there's different ways to bet. But uh, lean on experience. That would be another factor or you know kind of suggestion. You know, look at teams who made the playoffs the previous year playing teams who missed it the previous year. Uh, that experience going through the grind, knowing how intense the Stanley Cup playoffs are and just, you know, being through the wars and knowing what to expect and how to – how to combat it, how to stay even keeled. Big benefit historically toward teams that have that experience versus don't. So uh, it's around 61% throughout the playoffs since 2005. But uh, all these things factor in. And at VEASAN, you know, make sure you sign up for our newsletter, VEASAN.com slash newsletter. Mm-hmm. Watch, you know, at VEASAN live on Twitter. We tweet, up, tweet out so many great, you know, great stuff yep. all the time. But hockey, so many opportunities here, Ron, and uh, I'll give you it's one, fun. I'll give you one more. I'll give you a trap door. i got to ask you about this before we wrap it up because <laughs> I've been holding back on this one. Here's the one thing in hockey you get that you don't get in any other sport, and that's the empty net goal. And when you're betting into the puck line, beware of the empty net goal. Not only does it create a circumstance where you end up getting a bad beat if you took the puck and a half and suddenly that margin of one becomes two, but it can also be a circumstance where the team that's trailing is got the extra attacker, ties the game, and suddenly where you were laying the puck and a half, you're in overtime and you can't. <laughs> yeah, it is uh, It is like a gift and a curse, Ron. It's, it's almost like you know a game gets late in a basketball game. You get to free throws and you're on the under and it's just a free throw fest down late. But uh, that's the thing with hockey. The empty net goal, it giveth, it taketh away. You know, it can, it can crush a bet for you. It could give you a... Uh, maybe they get two empty net goals and send it over. You know what I mean? Like oh, they, yeah. anything can happen there. So that's just something you always got to be aware of. Um, and then remember, too, with hockey, you know, there are more opportunities than just betting individual games. We can bet futures. We can bet Stanley mm-hmm. Cup odds, you know, odds to win the conference, the division. You know, you have win totals in other sports in hockey. You have point totals. So will they go over or under the Bruins, you know, 98 and a half points, whatever it may be. 
you know, later in the year you can bet awards, who's going to win the Hart Trophy, the MVP, the Vezina, the best goalie, Conn Smythe, the playoff MVP. So this is all available to you with a great expanded bet, uh, betting menu in hockey. And I think hockey is important because it's a it's considered it's not a niche sport it's a major sport but it's still niche kind of which gives you a big opportunity to uh if you focus on it, you can really take advantage of a market that maybe is a little underserved and by the way if you had the over under three and a half on boston references boom in this podcast you, you the overpaid for you there with that empty net mention <laughs> of course <laughs> can i'm going to give you one more boston mention just to give you an old guy reference because i gave you an old guy reference at the top i'm going to give you an old guy reference at the end what did Boston, Chicago, and Buffalo have in common up until around the mid to late 90s in terms of a home ice advantage? Ooh, hmm. The old garden? I don't know. What, what, what do you think? Big part of it. Who? Yeah, what is it? part of it. Smaller ice. And you had teams coming in there who were not used to remember the old thing. You couldn't have the two-line pass in the old <laughs> days, and they'd have to pass inside the red line and to the other side of it. Boston, Chicago, and Buffalo mastered it at their at their rinks, and visiting teams had a very hard time with it. So when a team came in for the first time into the Boston Garden, Chicago Stadium, or the old odd, you'd always lay it hard on the home team. <laughs> I love it, Ron. Yeah. Those days are gone. <laughs> as always, though, hopefully you learned a few things on today's pod. Mm-hmm. Remember, as always, uh, Track your bets, you know, make sure you can learn about yourself as a better, audit your plays, shop for the best line, and closing line value, just a quick hit. Remember, you know, it's not always the outcome that determines a good or bad bet. If you're consistently beating that closing line, getting a better number, paying a better price than everyone else is when the market closes, that's a sign of a sharp better. But uh, go sweat some some puck games here, Ron, and, uh, and, and and go Bruins. Yes, <laughs> I think we worked it up to six years somehow. <laughs> With Josh Applebaum and thanks to Ian Cameron, this is Ron Flatter. You've been listening to a hockey edition of the Everything Guide to Sports Betting VSIN podcast. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. 
Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 